Hi there, welcome to Victim to Victor, the podcast dedicated to empowering abuse survivors and inspiring healing, hope and positive change. I'm Anu Verma, a published author, and in every episode, I'll sit down with a guest and embark on an insightful conversation about trauma, as well as practical strategies to start the healing process. So let's get started. I hope you enjoy the show. In today's episode, I have with me Mr. John Giordano, who is an expert in the treatment of addiction, mental health, and the founder of the National Institute for Holistic Addiction Studies. He is the author of Proven Holistic Treatment for Addiction and Chronic Relapse, and his most recent book is the acclaimed How to Beat Your Addictions and Live a Quality Life, as well as being the co-author of Molecular Neurobiology of Addiction Recovery, the 12-step program and fellowship. Over 20 years ago, Giordano founded the prestigious G&G Holistic Addiction Treatment Center in North Miami Beach, Florida, a 62-bed inpatient, outpatient, accredited addiction treatment facility. It was by no accident that John chose addiction and mental health treatment as his life's work. Grown up the son of a heroin dealer and trying to cope with the trauma of being molested as a young boy, he fell hard into drugs and alcohol himself. Over 35 years ago, at the urging of his family, John entered rehab. He emerged a changed man committed to helping others afflicted by this terrible disease. And here he is, John, all the way from Florida. How are you doing, John? I'm alive and above ground and healthy, so I'm doing well. Amazing. I love that. I mean, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, great. We had the family over and, uh, you know, the grandkids. And it was, uh, you know, always interesting. (laughs) (laughs) The kids are the center of attention. Yeah. Besides the turkey. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Always right. <laughs> I know, but I know you're a busy man, you know, you, uh, amongst the many um, talks that you're doing recently, you're also a master champion in karate and, you know, you're doing uh, professional coaching and, you know, you've just sold um, a multi-million pound or dollar business. <gasps> so tell us, what are you up to in this day and age? Well, I'm working on... Um, making a movie with my new book. Wow, it's okay. my, um, my life story mm-hmm. and how um, I go through being sexually abused and how my family was a mafia-type family. Okay. Uh, my father was a heroin dealer wow. and my uncle was a hitman. And um, and my first wedding, he threw my wedding and um, the caterer insulted him in front of the family. So the next day he killed him. So, oh, it, my goodness. so the book goes on to a lot of different um, areas of my yeah. life and how I became a karate champion and how I only went to the ninth grade, how I got molested when I was eight and a half. And my father went to jail when I was eight mm-hmm. uh, and how I carried that through for a while and the molestation. And it was interesting because I treat people that have been you know, sexually abused and most of the people that I treat, if not all of them, 
uh, didn't realize that maybe a, a second that it felt good. And then all of you know, then you realize what was happening. Yeah. And then you go into the rest of it, the shame, the guilt, uh, yeah. the fear of anybody finding out, nobody believing you, yeah. no, all the things that happened with sexual abuse. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. overcoming that. And uh, I went to a priest and, and asked him if he would get this evil out of my body. And he said, I could give me five Hail Marys and 10 Hour Fathers and you'll be fine. Well, that really didn't work too well. But eventually, you know, I got through it. And, uh, you know, in, in the book, it talks about how I, I was in gangs and um, how I got out of the gangs and then how I went to karate. And karate got me really out of the gangs and got me to focus all my anger and all of that stuff in my karate classes. Um, and then, you know, eventually what happened was I winded up doing drugs. Um, it tells about how that happened. And, and I don't want to give everything away because if you want to get the book. Um, Leave some and then it goes from that into all the things that I used to do, collection work for the smugglers. I used to deal uh, kilos of cocaine. Uh, and then from that, I went to treatment. And then from treatment, um, uh, I went to treatment, not because I thought I had a problem, it's because my family thought I had a problem when I just told you who my family was. So I was wondering who's, they did an intervention on me. I was wondering who's doing an intervention on them. But anyway, I winded up in treatment and uh, I had a spiritual awakening in treatment. Okay. And what happened was um, after that and being in there and clearing up my mind, uh, I wanted to go help people. And uh, I went back to school. I got my GED and I went to school and I got my different degrees and things like that and how I opened up my first treatment center and how I got betrayed by my, my doctor and my therapist, mm-hmm. how they took the business out from under me and how I had to stay there because I had a, I had to get 6,000 hours of um, supervised training and <laughs> where else can I get it? And I just stuck it out. And then after that, how I left there and, I went and um, opened. Then I opened up another treatment center, and what wound up happening was I got the, that taken away because I was foolish enough not to have a lawyer like the first time. Yeah. And because all I wanted to do was help people. Yeah. So from there, uh, I went and I worked in a um, a state program yeah. uh, for indigent people that had HIV and. Um, who also had, um, you know, mental health problems and substance abuse problems, and the homeless. And I worked there for a little while. And it was like an old TC, they call it, um, mm. treatment community, yeah. where they beat you up, uh, tear you down, and then build you back up. But, you know, what I used to say is I didn't need anybody to tear me down. I did a good enough job on my own, yeah. tearing myself down. Yeah. Then we used to feed them because uh, we got our food donated. So we used to feed them cakes and chocolates. And, mm-hmm. and then an half, a half hour to 45 minutes later, they would start acting out. Wow. Then we would put them on a bench, put a sign around their neck, mm-hmm. you know, and give them some more shame uh, about why they were acting out and we were causing it. So one day what I decided to do was I talked to the, all the clients and 
I explained to them what sugar and processed food does to them. And I asked them if they would mind doing a little experiment with me. And we were going to cancel the chocolates and the cakes and stuff for dessert. And that's what we did. But the problem was the clients did well, but the staff didn't. And they got all upset that we didn't have the chocolate and the cakes because most people were in recovery anyway. And addicts are carboholics also. So they look to get the, the carbs to raise the serotonin. You know, and I knew that. And, you know, so I left there and started my, my treatment center. Um, the woman I was going out with at the time said I should open up an outpatient program. And I said, I don't want anything to do with opening up a treatment program. I lost two programs. I says, I only had $300 in my account. And she says, no, you should do it. And I said, all right. So I asked my friend who owned this little 750 square foot building, um, how much it cost to rent? So he said to me, how much money you got? I said, I have $300 in the bank. Mm-hmm. He said, tell you what, start the program in three months, then stop paying me $300 a month. I said, okay, I could do that. And everybody was laughing at me and says, oh, you know, you're not taking insurance. How are you going to make any money? Um, you know, you, you, all you're doing is, you know, you talk a lot about vitamins and, uh, and nutrition and, you know, and all that stuff. And people are not going to come. Well, that wasn't true. People did come. And um, I started to overflow with clients. And I, I had a friend of mine that I worked with in this program, their, um, uh, the state program, who I asked to be my partner. And he said, well, let me see the books. I said, what books? I used to take the money, stick it in my pocket. And I used to say, look, they'll pay me. I, I know they'll pay me. So we all laughed. He said, they're addicts. They're not going to pay you. <laughs> <laughs> So he took over the business part, and then eventually his son took over the marketing part. I did the branding and the counseling, along with my partner, Jerry. And um, we had, you know, creditors chasing us, and we had no money, really, and uh, we did the best we could. And what eventually happened was um, we started to do better, uh, and I met another woman, and I was going out with her for three months, and... She's, I said, uh, listen, why don't you sell your car? It was a brand new car. I said, your kids are destroying the car. Give me the money and I'll buy your car 10 times better one day. <laughs> so she did. She sold the car and gave me $20,000. Wow. And then from there, by the way, I wound up marrying her. We're still together after 26 years. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now that's a so, story. Yeah. Uh, what happened was we started building the program and... Um, after about 18 years, uh, we sold it in 2012 for 45 million. Wow. Which is like, I don't even believe it still. It's been over 10 years. Uh, it was the craziest thing, but we built up such a reputation. And what I wind up doing is I wind up lecturing and I wind up getting connected with uh, Dr. Blum. He's the geneticist who found the addiction gene. Yeah. Okay. And uh, there is a gene for addiction and alcoholism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I met Dr. Uh, Dr. Mash, who I worked with her, and I used to go back and forth to St. Kitts uh, mm-hmm. because you weren't allowed to do Ibogaine um, in the United States because mm-hmm. it was a Schedule One drug. And I worked with her for about 13 years in the islands. I used to go there for two weeks and come back for two weeks and take the clients 
and bring him back to the treatment center. So I did that. And then with my partner, Gerald, who was a genius on the internet, he wound up getting, we used to get a thousand calls a day. And we only had, and then when eventually we got a, a, a inpatient unit and a residential program, which we had 62 beds. And we had residential, and we had what is a partial hospital program. We had intensive outpatient, outpatient and aftercare. So uh, we used to sell our, our calls, okay, to other treatment centers for a quarter of a million dollars a month. And uh, the rest of the calls we took for our treatments, and we only had 62 beds. Um, so, and that kept going. And um, what I did was um, we became the leaders in the industry on alternative medicine that was evidence-based. So to Dr. Blum, he put me on his science team, which I still currently work with about 25 universities. Uh, scientists, researchers, and clinicians. And I'm currently in 77 medical and peer-reviewed journals and talking about genetics, talking about neuroscience, talking about nutrients, talking about the microbiome, the gut, mm -hmm. which is very important. And, you know, what I teach people is, see, treatment is 70 years behind the times. The model was based on an alcoholic model in the 1950s. Okay. And it was a 28-day model. Mm -hmm. And that model is, is no longer relevant because of the drugs that we're using today are so powerful that it's actually damaging the brain much more than the alcohol did. Yeah. So the time in treatment means the treatment needs to be anywhere from 60 to 90 days, depending on the severity of the illness. And we need to look at people comprehensively. Yeah. See, most people don't realize a lot of the food that we eat here in the United States, I don't know about Canada, but I'm sure it's probably similar. Mm -hmm. A lot of processed food, yeah. a lot of sugar uh, and yeah. things of that nature. And a lot of that is not really good for the body and the mental health. No. Well, so also what the people don't realize is the gut, the microbiome, the microbiota is the flora in the gut okay, is usually out of balance. And when that happens, you see 90% of serotonin, that's the feel-good drug we manufacture, and dopamine, another one, okay, is manufactured in the gut, in the stomach. So 90% of that's manufactured there, and then it goes up the vagus nerve, up the side of your head, into your brain, and deposits serotonin and dopamine. So what we're not looking at is, you know, we have a lot of mental health issues, uh, people with depression and anxiety and other mental um, uh, diagnoses. But what we're not looking at, what is the cause? Yeah. You know, you get a headache. So people say, okay, take an aspirin, take a yeah. Tylenol. I want to know why I got the headache. Exactly. Yeah. Why don't we have to just medicate stuff or put a Band-Aid on it? I know. Yeah. So it's the same thing with depression and anxiety and addiction. Mm. So All right. So what's going on? Why am I depressed? Why do I have anxiety? So what happens is most treatment centers, they look at it from a psychological approach, mm -hmm. which is very valid and, you know, also needs to be addressed. Absolutely. All right. But there's a medical component that we're not looking at. Yeah. And that's what I lecture about. Okay. Uh, first of all, you have to treat the gut. The gut is where autoimmune diseases come from. It's where serotonin and dopamine is from. And, what happens is 
People get leaky gut syndrome. They get H. pylori infection. People can look this up. That causes depression and anxiety. People have hypoglycemia. Those of you, especially alcoholics, low sugar, causes depression and anxiety. People that have low thyroid, especially women, have depression and anxiety. You can have closed head injuries. It causes depression, anxiety, and behavioral problems. Mm-hmm. You can have low testosterone or very high testosterone. causes depression and anxiety. We're not treating any of this. All we're treating is psychological. You go to a therapist, he talks to you. Well, try talking to your thyroid. Let me know how you do. <laughs> it's so interesting, yeah, because I was actually, look, um, I had some low moods going on and I knew there was an imbalance inside of me. And um, so I had some private testing and yeah, it turns out I've got low thyroid. And I knew as soon as I went to my GP, they'd instantly prescribe thyroxine. And I said, no, I I don't want to go on medication. So I went to see an Ayurvedic doctor and, um, you know, and he basically prescribed me a gluten-free, wheat-free diet. And Oh, my God. I, I noticed it within two weeks. I noticed a massive shift. Well, you see, what happens is the narrative is, is that the pharmaceutical companies spend billions of dollars, not millions, billions of dollars mm. marketing to us and telling us, if you don't take these medications, you're going to die, you're going to get sicker. You're going to get... So it works on fear, just what they're doing with yeah. COVID. Yeah. Same yeah. Thing. Everything All is fear. based on fear, scaring people into doing things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there are, there are things that can fix this. They're not talking about that. No, exactly. Like, go holistic, you know, change your diet. Let's boost our immunity. Well, not only that, you know, if you catch COVID, you can do Regeneron. Yeah. And uh, I know because I caught it. My wife has a kidney transplant. Okay. Uh, my brother got it. My friends got it. We're all in the same age category. Wow. I'm 75. And um, two and a half days, we got rid of it. We did steroid. We did antibiotics. And the thing they don't like, which is ivermectin, and we did that. Okay. And uh, we got rid of COVID. Oh. <laughs> well, Just what like a surprise. Uh, they're not talking about people building up their immune system, taking oh, yeah. D3, taking zinc, yeah. uh, taking multivitamins and minerals, exercising, yeah. uh, getting a little sun, mm. you know, taking D3. I mean, you know, we're all about taking pills. Oh, and that's what people are telling you. I love some of the commercials we have in the United States. Oh, it's built for arthritis, yeah. but you can die. You're going to have high blood <laughs> yeah. pressure. Uh, you're going to have kidney failure, and, and on and on and on and on. <laughs> yeah, but it's only a small percentage. But how do I know I'm not in that percentage? Exactly. It's Oh, my God, that's scary. Do people actually still go and buy drugs? It's crazy what's going on in the world. God, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. A lot you know, of it is. I look at it and I go... What are we doing? Yeah. What's going on? Like, it's like they're dividing people and beating up. I'm not against vaccines. Yeah. <coughs> I'm not for them. I'm not against them. I do Same. what I do, what I know works for me. Yeah. I'm not telling anybody not to get anything. Yeah. Uh, I believe in what works. Yeah. But the problem is they're suppressing information, mm-hmm. as they always do. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they say, oh, vitamins, uh, it's a, uh, Unregulated, it's this and that, but that's not true. Uh, it's true to a certain point. If you go to a, if you get a, a nutrient that's for the GMP lab, yeah. which is a, a third party that l- makes sure that what you say is in these nutrients is in there, yeah. uh, you're pretty safe. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, you know, nutraceutical, um, pharmaceutical companies, if you have a research paper that says this works, they'll find mm-hmm. someone to say it doesn't. <gasps> I say so true. Oh yes. yeah, that goes on in the science community all the time. It does because, um, like because of this Ayurveda, like some herbs that I'm on. I went on um, online, and there's so many studies, American studies, that have said about heavy metals in a lot of the Ayurvedic herbs. And that really, I was shocked reading this because I was thinking, I'm sorry, but Ayurvedic has been a tradition in India for donkey years, you know. And suddenly, there's heavy metals in these herbs. Well, I got news for you. There's heavy metals in our water. There's heavy metals in a lot of things. And what people don't realize is that, you know, when you get heavy metals and you're not testing for them, who tests for these things? Regular doctors don't test for heavy metals. Now, they can cause disruption in neurotransmission. They can mimic attention deficit disorder or bipolar disorder. They're not looking at any of this. And it can also damage your kidneys and cause mental illness. Yeah. So, we're not looking at any of this stuff. No. I'm like, oh, yeah, but that's not important. Oh, yeah, this doesn't work. Well, your stuff ain't working very well either. <laughs> exactly. You know? So, I yeah. mean, the problem is this. They say, well, there's only 20 research papers on this. How many do you have to have? Yeah. And then people say, well, there's no research on this. I tell them, look, here's how research works. Mm. You have to have what is known as an end game. Okay. Because it costs a lot of money to do research. Yeah. And if you're not going to make money at the end of the, the trip, hmm. why are you going to do it other than altruistic ways of doing it because you want to help? Yeah. All right? There's not that many people out there to do that. Yeah. So it's all about money. Hmm. Is, and that's yeah. just the bottom line. Yeah. So unfortunately, there are people that it's not all about money, but a lot of things are about money. It is. And a lot of research is not done on a lot of things because there's not enough money at the end of the trail. Right. Okay. It's all about the money. Always about the money. And, and in the United yeah. States, um, they have, uh, they, they're trying to cut from 28 days now to two weeks right. in treatment, which is almost hilarious. Persons using drugs for 20 years, okay. have suffered from the depression yeah. for so many years. And now all of a sudden, two weeks, they're going to be okay. And you send them back into the same place they came out of. I don't no. think that's, Nuh-uh. So, uh, in the United States, we have a program called the Physicians Referral Network. Those are the doctors that use drugs and get caught or turn themselves in, and they have to go into this program for 90 days. Then they have a five-year aftercare program. They have a 90% success rate. Okay. So, in the insurance companies are paying for treatment. So, a guy goes to treatment in the United States. Hmm. He leaves or finishes it, comes out. Two weeks later, he relapses, goes to another treatment. Right. He leaves yeah. or relapses, goes to another. And it keeps just going around and around and around. Why don't they do it right the first time? Exactly. Such a you waste. And listen, I'm not going to say it's a perfect model. Hmm. Nothing's perfect. No. But at least it's a hell of a lot better than two weeks or exactly. 28 days of treatment, which is a joke. That is a joke, yeah. So in, in, the, in the UK, I don't know, how, what do you guys do for treatment in the UK? Well, yeah, so we have rehab, rehab centres, which I know people can check into, you know, for as long as they like. And oh, really? Um, yeah, so yeah, there's a lot of rehab centres down south because I used to live on the coast and like Bournemouth and there's a lot down there. 
So, and I know the government is quite good at funding, you know, a lot of... Yeah, um, what kind of treatment are they doing? So that's another issue. Oh, okay. Well, I know for alcoholics, it's 12 steps, right? Well, the 12 steps are fine if you work them. Yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> any, everything works if you work it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that people go, well, the 12 steps don't work for me. Well, no. maybe you don't work for it. What are the 12 steps? Okay, it's real simple stuff. Yeah. Right? They're a way where you're on the same life pattern as other people so you can relate to each other, number one. It's not therapy. It's not treatment. Okay? It's just a different way of life and looking, doing introspective, looking into yourself. And those steps help you to look into yourself. Yeah. Okay? And try to figure out why, how and why you got the way you are mm-hmm. and what you can do to fix it. Yeah. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care if you go to church, if you go to 12 step meetings, if you just think therapy is good. Okay. If you stand on your head in the closet, if any of that works for you, then by all means do it. Yeah. Well, so that's how I look at it. Okay. I don't poo poo anything. No. Okay. So tell us about your method of treatment then. This goes out for anybody who may be listening. Um, well, what we used to do, I no longer have the treatment center, of course. Now I just do lectures and podcasts and, and writing books and doing things like that. Yeah. Uh, the things that I learned and uh, doing research with yeah. about 25 universities. So, because we, we got a, my son almost died from this disease. So did my wife. And as far as I'm concerned, we got to do something better. If I can improve recovery rates by 1%, yeah. that's a millions of people. Nice. So, real simple stuff. Um, when I had my treatment center, mm-hmm. we did all alternative medicine and regular. We did groups, individual family therapy, trauma work, mm-hmm. um, motivational interviewing, cognitive behavioral therapy, all the standard stuff that treatment steps. Yeah. Centers. Mm-hmm. But we did hyperbaric medicine. That's oxygen mm-hmm. under pressure, oh, which actually wow. heals the brain. That's yeah. number one. Okay. We did uh, aromatherapy. Bye. Okay, a lot of scents help to relax people, yeah. and you know things like that. Then we did biofeedback and neurofeedback. That helps to help the brain strengthen the areas in the brain that are deficient. Okay. Bye. Then what we did was uh, colonics to help clean up the lower intestines. Mm. We did massage therapy which to help lymphatic massage. They help to get the drugs out of the cells of the body on that type of a level by massage. Mm-hmm. Um, we did uh, heavy metal testing and we did chelated. We chelated them out so they get rid of the heavy metals. Bye. We also did... Um, um, Amino acid therapy, which helps okay. as the building blocks for neurotransmission. Right. It helps with cravings. We did acupuncture. Wow. We did yeah. light and sound therapy, which helps with depression and anxiety. Okay. Um, we did things that nobody, yeah. nobody was doing. <laughs> we did good. allergy testing because certain allergies, people that have allergies can cause depression. Right. We showed people the proper food to take. Okay. We did organic and natural foods at the center. Wow. So we did a lot of different things that nobody was doing. So and that's how we became known in okay. the treatment world. 
And yeah, my next question is, why did you sell it if you were doing such a great job? Well, what happened was, was my partner, one of my partners got sick. He had mm-hmm. cancer. Oh, okay. So he had thyroid cancer. And then he had kidney cancer. And then he had a stroke. And he, he was unable to work for four years. And then I had to take over his position. We had 147 employees. Wow. Seven buildings. Okay. So it was quite a, a, a not, huge, you know, big yeah. place. I mean, remember when he had one employee, that was me. Right. That's how we started. Then two, yeah. then three. And That's then brilliant. Uh, and then my other partner, which was his son, who did all our internet, didn't want to do it anymore because his father wasn't doing it. And, right. You know, it's very strenuous owning a treatment center. I mean, I had people die in my arms. Uh-huh. I had I brought them back to life. I mean, I've been treating addicts for 35 years. Right. And I'm in recovery myself now, 37 years, this December 4th. Okay. Yeah. So what we decided to do was to sell. Okay. And we had an offer we couldn't refuse. Yeah. And, uh, that's what we did. Okay. And three months later, the treatment business turned to garbage. Ugh. Yeah. Got yeah. really bad. That was a given. Actors, uh, uh, over-regulations, uh, <sighs> all kinds of stuff went on. Oh, so boy. we sold at the rate. Listen, I believe this. The God of my understanding directed us which way to go. Yeah. And I was still true. helping people. Yeah, but I just think that what you were offering, and it's so alternative. And you're right, I haven't, I haven't seen anywhere that could offer such a service. No, nobody did. Exactly. So your patients... They didn't know how to do it, that's why. Yeah. See, you, you have to understand the psychological uh, approach that we use. Yeah. Addicts are feel-good junkies. That's what we are. Mm. If it feels good, we're going to do it. Yeah. All right? So for when they started treatment with us, we gave four free sessions of whatever they wanted to do. Mm, okay. okay. And then whatever they liked, they could continue doing what they had to pay for it at, of course, a discounted rate. Right. Okay. And that's how, and then the, the nutrients, we had our own nutrient company because we used to get special assays. They call them federal assays. So which way, it's, it's a federal offense if you don't, if you lie on that. So we know exactly what was in our compounds. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we used to put them on auto ship mm. and for their nutrients because addicts, you know, even if they feel good, after a month they forget it and they just keep going on their merry way. Yeah. So if it was there, they'll use it. Okay. And um, we didn't make a lot of money, but we paid for what we were doing and made a few dollars. Okay. And it was another way of marketing our treatment center. Right. So mm. that's how we did what we did. Yeah, absolutely. And like, let's talk about your uh, discipline in karate and martial arts, because again, I just think it's such um, an, um, you know, a, an amazing way to kind of um, place your trauma, you know, just place it into this discipline of martial arts, which really helps you to, you know, um, stay present. Because I think a lot of us do, you know, we forget about being present because we're so focused on the past when we're highly traumatized. Well, addicts live in the past and they live in the future. Yeah. And they don't pay attention to the present. Exactly. You know, and, and the problem is, see, what happens with, with the martial arts, it saved my life okay. um, many times yeah. in different ways. And it taught me discipline. It taught me focus. Um, 
taught me another way to express my emotions. Right. The problem was, is that I got hooked on drugs when I was in the, probably in the 30s. I started using drugs when I was 20. Right. And, you know, recreational. And of course, it escalates into a nightmare. Yeah. And so, um, even though I knew what to do and I knew what I was supposed to do, I didn't do it. You know, yeah. uh, just like most of us, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not supposed to eat that. And then, well, I'll just eat it one more time. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, you know, <laughs> and, um, but thank God I got back on track. And uh, yeah. now I'm giving back as much as I can. And, and my book, The Kid from the South Bronx, Who Never yeah. Gave Up, which is on Amazon. Okay. And uh, also, How to Beat Your Addictions and Live a Quality Life. Yeah. That's okay. another one. And um, the way I wrote the How to Beat Your Addictions, I interviewed 200 addicts, alcoholics, and other, other addictions. I want to know what they did to become successful and stay mm-hmm. that way. Right. And right. then, because it's not just about quitting, okay. it's about living a life worth living. Yeah. So, and then I interviewed about 100, 150 addicts and other people with other behavioral disorders. I w- Excuse me. I want to know what they didn't do, what they didn't do. And I put that into the into the book. So and then I put my own stuff into the book. And that's how I wrote How to Beat Your Addictions and Live a Quality Life. Right. So okay. they got 351, including me, uh, ways how to do this oh, and not wow. to do this. Okay. So yeah, that I think that would be a highly recommended book for anybody who may be suffering from addiction. And again, I've, you know, I've spoken about addiction a few times. That it's not only for drugs and alcohol. Addiction can be for sex. It can be, you know, when you're addicted That's to your phone. Gambling, yeah. shop, shopping addiction, exactly. uh, food addiction, uh, on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And people say, "Well, how do I know I'm an, I'm an addict?" I said, "Well, look, I make it real simple." Yeah, is my definition of an addict. When you continue to do a substance or a behavior mm. in spite of adverse consequences, yeah. then maybe you need to take a look at it. Yeah. So I think that's pretty simple for people to understand. That is. I mean, if you're, if you're losing your relationships, you're getting arrested, uh, you're losing your jobs, uh, you're not functioning properly, and you keep doing these behaviors or these substances, just maybe, just maybe, yeah. that might be the reason. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And then you went on to write your next book, which was Proven Holistic Treatment for Addiction and Chronic Relapse. Yes. The How to Beach Addiction is an upgrade from that. It's the second edition of the Proven one. Okay. Brilliant. Right. And then you've also got your Molecular Neurobiology of Addiction Recovery, which again is a 12 steps program and fellowship. Right, and that one was about the neuroscience of it. When people go to meetings, what happens to the brain? Okay. Oh, wow. Interesting. Wow, some really interesting books here. Like yeah, really- it's, it's, uh, it's, they're easy reads. Like uh, um, the books that I wrote, I made it in the biggest letters I could make it. Right. And only in small paragraphs, because people don't like to read. Let's see if it's small print. You get overwhelmed just by looking at the page. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Right. So, well, and, and plus nowadays people love to just listen, don't they? So are, are they on audio? Well, no, but you know, that's unfortunate they're not. 
Okay. But I think if you go on Kindle, you can make an audio just by yeah. telling the, uh, the computer to read the book to you. Yes, it can. Yeah, absolutely. I love technology. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Wow. And so do you think um, in terms of your legal experience, again, you've got loads of experience in the legal field. Do you think enough is being done out there? Well, here's the problem. You got now what's going on with fentanyl mm-hmm. and carfentanyl, which is a real bad drug. It's, a, it's, it's way stronger than heroin. And people are dying from it. Okay. And, and the problem is now they're putting fentanyl or core fentanyl, which is even stronger than fentanyl, on pot or marijuana. Right. They're putting it on coke, cocaine, mm-hmm. and they're putting it on uh, heroin. They're making pills that, uh, like, they, they say it's Xanax, but it's not. Uh, they say it's oxycodone, but it's not. So you don't even know what you're ingesting. Right. And people are dying. 100,000 people died this year so far ODing on substances. It's strife out there. I don't know what it's like in the the UK, but here it's it's good. Yeah, I think the lockdown just brought out a lot of people's trauma. And again, they're diffusing it with drugs, aren't they? Yeah, well, what's happening is since COVID and they, they're locking down people and they're doing all this, and they, they're causing people to go into, uh, you know, they may survive COVID, but I don't know if they're going to survive the mental illnesses that are being incurred because being, you know, you can't do regular things, and especially with people that are in, in recovery, they can't go to their meetings. They're doing them online, which is okay, but it's not the same. Yeah. And it's causing people depression and anxiety and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody being in a house with all the kids and, and people yeah. are getting divorced. And uh, So I don't know if the fix is worth the fix anymore. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think needs to change? Everything. Really? Yeah. Wow. Our governments, okay, unfortunately, in my personal opinion, it's more about money yeah. than helping us. It's more about getting back at each other, uh, fighting with each other, the Republicans and the Democrats. As far as I'm concerned, they're all not too good. They're like a bunch of children trying to get over on everybody. It's more about getting elected than helping people. Yeah. Um, the Democrats help people too much and they make them uh, too dependent on the government. And the Republicans, they're doing their thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, governments uh, are supposed to be for the people. I, I think it's for themselves. Right. And I always make this statement is why would you pay hundreds of thousands, not even millions, to become a politician when the job only pays 150 to 200,000 a year? Yeah. Doesn't make and sense. You know, oddly enough, they all come out later on and they're all multi-billionaires oh, oh. Hmm. oh that's a little funny how'd that happen yeah <laughs> boy yeah so corrupt so corrupt wow so where can my listeners find you next where will you be well I'm trying to make a movie out of the book The Kid wow. from the Park, so I never gave up brilliant uh, that's what I'm working on now and then I'm doing my own podcast okay. and then I'm on other people's podcasts and then I lecture. Wow. Uh, you know, 
Someone yeah. <laughs> else God's kids. It's crazy, yeah. You're just giving back. You're just like in this world of abundance, just, you know, serving the higher good. I just think that's the greatest gift from God ever. I, I mean, like, what better gifts than I got? Yeah. You know, you got to give back. Exactly. It's the that's only how way. it works. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. Yeah. You know, you know, it's not about money. You know, people think money is a, look, I'm not going to say money doesn't help. I've been, I was homeless when I started. Yeah. I, when I got, when I got clean, I got divorced about eight months, nine months later. Mm. And the wife took the house, the car, and everything. And right. my friend lent me a room in a hotel that he owned. And uh, I had a bicycle that somebody loaned me. And uh, I didn't have a job. I was a teacher karate, making a few dollars. Right. And that was it. Yeah. And then things changed. And it's all in the book. Yeah. <laughs> read the book. I don't want to give the whole book away. No, so, no. I was going to say, yeah. What, what's your takeaway message for my listeners today? Real simple. Never give up on your dreams. Wow. Never listen to anybody else's stories. Stick with your passions. Mm. Okay. And just keep going forward. Just never give up. Love that. You can beautiful. always change direction. You can, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, you can't change the past. And that's what I always say, you know, always see your past as a learning well, experience. Well, people, people go, you know, oh, I failed at this, I failed at that. Yeah. There are no failures. There isn't that. There are only lessons. Yes, love that, yeah. Experiences and lessons to grow from, yeah. You grow from, your, you grow from these things. Yeah. Oh, if, if, if you want to call it a failure, that means you quit. Yeah, exactly. Don't quit. Don't quit. No, we're living. Let's thrive, right? And also, I think what you mentioned as well about the nutrition as well, that's so important because... The way you eat, exercise mm. is extremely important. You get a bit of stress. Stress depletes dopamine. Exercise Mm -hmm. increases dopamine. You know, eating proper food. Stay away from sugars and processed food. Yeah. That's it. Is it easy? No. You're going to do it perfect? Maybe not. Do the best Mm -hmm. you can. I don't do it perfect. No. 80 is 20 rule. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Keep moving forward. Let's keep moving forward. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute honor having you on, sharing your wisdom. And not being on your show. I know, you're great. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I really can't wait, you know, for people to be inspired by you. Well, I hope we can, uh, you know, create some change, Absolutely. even though it's minute, you know, maybe yeah. a lot, maybe a little, at least it's something. Yeah. Wow. We already are, are listening to you, so thank you so much. You're very welcome. And that's it, my listeners. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Please do get in touch with John. I will include all of his links to the books and his social media channels and his website, etc. in this description. So please do get in touch with him or me. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care, everyone, and bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Victim to Victor. Subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes and be sure to follow the podcast on socials to keep updated on what's next and share Victim to Victor with family and friends to help grow the community and spread the positive healing energy.